Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing The Grateful Dead. Nick, in my humble opinion, one of the greatest bands of all time. The Grateful Dead. Why are we talking about them? Who are they? No, I the, I am consider myself something of a sort of music fan. I, I'm not particularly diligent, uh, and um, my music tastes are very eclectic. They span pretty evenly across the last you know few hundred years. Um, but I've inherited quite a lot of things that I'm interested in from my uh, parents, and that includes you know a lot of the singer songwriters and bands from the late '60s and early '70s, and um, you know, which uh, I probably listen to more, I think, than anything more recent. And yet, I've always been aware at the back of my mind, this niggling doubt that uh, that I, I should be really much more into the Grateful Dead because they're a, they're a band that always, everyone's always mentioning the Grateful Dead as like, you know, hugely influential band, you know, the first electric jam band, the, you know, huge kind of tour, massive kind of following the dead heads and so on. Um and uh, I, I just thought it was weird that I didn't know more about them um, for, for a band who is allegedly uh, very sort of influential. And, you know, so I, I thought, you know, it would be interesting to talk about that issue of whether or not what, why it is that, you know, you often get influential things that are not the same as popular things when um, when you, you know, you might consider that they're actually closely related. It ought to be the case that someone who's listened to by lots of people is more influential and um that's it, really. That I just, you know, kick off there. Uh, and yeah, as I said, as part of my research, I listened to The Grateful Dead a bit and I thought, well, that's quite good. But I didn't really get I didn't really get what it what all the fuss was about, to be honest. But can you enlighten <laughs> I mean, me a bit? Well, no, I think it's, it's an interesting point because uh, certainly within music, you, you tend to get a lot of bands or they will refer to someone like The Grateful Dead who are not as it's almost like a proto it's like john the baptist and jesus right i mean that you ha one has to be careful with music cause there might be an element of kind of snobbery and niche what's the word i'm looking for gatekeeping yeah okay yeah um there could be that i mean i can't even though i said i think grateful dead are one of the greatest bands ever i can only remember one song by them at the moment right they're never on the radio yeah no one i know listens to them i mean nobody ever has the grateful dead on you know, it's just it seems weird that like the the amount of exposure they have and yet and the amount of dedication and devotion they have are just so vastly different. Um, but let's talk about this. OK. Yeah, Peter. Well, I mean, I, I, I realized I wasn't very familiar with the Grateful Dead when we brought this topic up. So I had a little bit of a listen and I have to say I wasn't massively impressed, but that might be because because they are sort of artistically challenging and it requires you to do a bit more work, a bit more thinking and, and, and sort of listen to things two or three times to kind of get where they're going with things. So I think this, this, this brought up in my mind a, a potentially useful distinction between artistic influence, i.e. amazing and challenging artists who have defined a new genre or uh, created a new ism and the spark of a new ism and caused great following in within other artists that borrow from and and um uh, maybe in a, in a dumbed down version of their work versus popular influence which is sheer, basically the sheer number of people who are 
who who sing the songs or uh recognize the music or can spot the art or whatever so i think there's there is a distinction there mm. and i think actually that inspires me to have a new thought which um is uh about the problem of uh understanding when something has been artistically revolutionary because often what will happen is those things that they did will become so commonplace that you won't see what the fuss was all about. A classic example of that is Citizen Kane, of course, which, you know, non-pluses most modern viewers. And yet it's still regarded as probably the most significant film of the 20th century. And um, the reason it's, uh, you know, hard to see why that is, is because we just don't notice all the incredibly revolutionary techniques that it used, all the different, the kind of use of, uh, you know, the, the cinematography, the the angles, the use of lighting, the uh, sort of slightly non-standard uh, narrative, all of these things that are really, you know, just used all the time now. Uh, it was the first film to do that. And, I, and I'm, I'm guessing it could be something similar with The Grateful Dead here. Um, yeah. Were they the first? I mean, are they? I think I get the impression that they're one of those bands who has, um, you know, has been in lots of different genres and probably been very pioneering in every genre and probably paved the way for other people to come in and perhaps do that thing in a more popular way. I don't know. No, I mean, if we want to specifically talk about Grateful Dead, I don't. Well, think... we don't because I've got a load of data about in general about okay, so popularity and influence. No, so... I mean, but I, I just, it just, I think it's that you might have something to do with that. It's something that's innovative, but it's, it's that it's, it's, it's almost like another generation doing something very similar, but with a slight twist to it that um, that transforms into widespread. Um, um, adulation or mm. yeah in popularity and also i think let's I'd, I'd also like to keep when we say popular i'd also like to keep that to meaning good as well and good quality in what well we're it about. doesn't i mean okay there, is, is, there is a difference but I, I mean anyway nick yeah no just i mean so i was you know intrigued by this question in general so i got uh, I, I tried to find some data on influence you might think that's a difficult thing to measure but actually here luckily all music have um have got lots of data on uh basically bi biographical data where bands you know talk about other bands that they were influenced by and a um someone on the internet has analyzed that and come up with sort of based on network measurements who which bands are most pointed to and um i must say i have to say the grateful dead are not there they're not in the top 25 but um there are just looking at sales and influence there are can only guess can we five get... bands you can in a minute yeah but I, but there are only five music acts artists and bands who are in both the top 25 for record sales and influence interesting so uh you don't get any points for getting number one beatles yes <laughs> okay um now you if you want to guess the other four I... uh, it's interesting actually because they are i'd say there's a certain similarity between them the other the other the other the well one is a bit unique actually but you should be able to get them led zeppelin yeah they're there yeah so what so basically yes i will go on to my what i think is the common factor but there's also an artist a solo artist who elvis presley elvis presley he's he's actually only the 23rd biggest influential most influential but uh that leaves two more bands yes you said led zepp uh, the two two others they're really they're not obscure at all you should should be able to get them okay uh sorry peter any uh, queen no, no. They the should, rock theme? you'd think they possibly should be but they're not i'm gonna say arguably it could be um oh um something a bit like fleetwood mac kind of a cross no it's it, okay one of them is more experimental and one of them is more okay so if one was more experimental that's going to be someone like sorry i've just getting total mind blank with everything um Frank Zappa. 
No, no, he's he's not he's not high on popularity. So who invented be... heavy metal? I'm they invented a whole genre themselves from Aston. Um, uh, I don't want to say it in case it's the one you're supposed to be with guessing. Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, Metallica. No, not Metallica. It's probably not there. But when you said experimental, that makes me think of like prog rocky type yeah, stuff. It's yeah, um, prog rock. When you say it, I'll know it. But yeah, okay, go Pink for Floyd. It. Pink Floyd. There we Pink go. Pink Floyd. And the other one is again, it's up there with the Beatles. Really, it's Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. I'm so, surprised because they're quite derivative themselves. Yeah. But anyway. So um, anyway, so I mean, just thinking about okay. So in terms of sales, you could you, we wouldn't have any problem guessing the sales. It's it's Michael apart from Beatles and Elvis. It's Michael Jackson, Madonna, Elton John, uh, Led Zepp. Um, someone described as Rihanna. I don't know who that is. Uh, so that's all the top. They're all very well known. I'd say no no surprises. I think um, in the top twenty five, Frank Sinatra and Barbara Streisand sneaking in at the bottom there. Uh, influential. So can you guess who the top most influential musical person is who um is not one of the biggest sellers number two on the most influential and it's a person not in the top 25 i've given you a big clue there it's a person it is really i mean again it's hard with these things to think but it is really obvious when you think about it unless you is bob dylan okay um and then and then you've got your uh you've got uh, rolling stones at number three then then um and surprisingly not in the top 25 for sales but david bowie of course, who you would no surprises mm. for him being influential, mm. and then Velvet Underground. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, and, and actually looking down the list of the most um, of the most influential, there aren't any that uh, I, I mean, there are a couple I hadn't heard of, or, or at least had heard of and didn't know anything, know anything about. There's a couple of surprises like Hank Williams, very influential on country music, um, but the the ones I didn't really know anything about were the Stooges. Which is which were a proto punk band from the nineteen nineteen sixties, founded by Iggy Pop. Yeah, and um, having heard a little bit on the internet, I th- I thought, well, I wish I had heard of these guys because they're really good. And uh, Sonic Youth, noise rock band from the early eighties. Um, I didn't, I don't really know anything about those guys, but uh, the rest of them I'd heard of. Um, and then there are a few notable in my mind by their absence, actually, uh, of whom I would I would include Van Morrison, mm. who's right probably my favourite. Uh, album of all time as Astral Weeks and people like the Smiths Captain Beefheart and getting slightly more obscure um, Steve Reich and Pauline Oliveros who are electronic music pioneers without whom you know they weren't pop acts so they're not going to be in this list but um, yeah so there there were quite a few people uh, missing as well I found surprising but um, anyway the long and the short of it is yes influence and uh, popularity are different I mean, so just one thing, just think, wondering if being influential and being popular are completely different things. Well, they're not, they're not obviously totally different. I think the characteristics of the of the ones that are both are probably longevity, um, moving between multiple genres. Certainly true of people like Pink Floyd and uh, and um, uh, the Beatles, uh, and and I would say I think musicianship. I think that's ultimately the, these are the people who are really good. I mean, you know, that certainly will get you into the influential category, but yeah. not if. But I mean, you know, you can't get to the top of the sales category either without being basically really good. It helps if you're British as well. Turns out that most it's of really British, I, it yeah. makes me proud. Yeah, uh, Peter. So uh, well, I, when I was doing my research, I was, I was trying to come up with some sort of rationalisation why there might not be a very strong correlation between popularity. A number of sales. Let's let's make it, give it a measure, and influence like the number of artists who say 
that I was influenced directly by this other artist. And I, I thought, well, maybe it's to do with, um, uh, maybe it's to do with the sort of cognitive demand required to listen to something challenging and therefore influencing. Uh, it's, maybe you just want when you listen to pop music, when you buy pop music, um, you just want something that everyone else is sort of listening to because it's easy and it sort of fills the time and it's got a catchy tune. But actually, it's fairly kind of throwaway. It's like junk food versus a good steak. It's sort of it's satisfies you but it's not challenging but then i then then further research indicated that actually there's quite a lot of studies that suggest that people have a natural tendency to seek out ever more complex forms of art uh media and and um entertainment so the, the, this is borne out by a, a trend in um recent years where a big explosion in the amount of box sets and long-running series with very complicated plots the plots in things like the game of thrones the number of characters that people have to keep track of in order to follow it are vastly more complicated than anything that was 10 or 20 years ago and this has been a sort of a, a trend in the last few few decades of ever more complicated plots ever more complicated uh, narratives ever more complicated um, casts mm. um so they don't i couldn't quite get these to to wash uh, with each other um but there's uh but there is a there is a sort of distinction don't with... forget how many people watch mrs brown's boys mm. yeah well there's also yeah there, there is a sort of popular there is a sort of popular thing which actually is bucks that trend so the popular music has become ever more uh according to some studies i saw ever more um uh, uh homogeneous mm-hmm. and similar um uh, than it, yeah, than it used to be. So there used to be a more diversity in popular in the charts, um, but it, now that all the songs sound the same, but that might just be grumpy old men writing the story, writing papers that they to come have the. But again, that's probably reflective of what's happened to the charts and not what's happened to music. Because if you look on YouTube, you know, as as usual, you know, it's sort of quite a common phenomenon with any um, genre recently is that there is basically vastly more crap. Uh, the average quality of things out there has gone down, but the quantity has more than compensated. Yeah. So I think you know you can find good, uh, really, really good examples of of anything you want now yeah. on on YouTube that you certainly wouldn't have been able to do twenty years ago. And I think the the charts have almost become a kind of ghetto for one very specific form of music. And I think that's it. I think the the, the I think the one of the driving factors for the charts becoming this very samey is that it's they've they've the production houses and the, making the music and the artists making the music have optimized for a particular kind of itch that they can scratch through this through that medium uh, rather than good good uh, good visual pun there uh, <laughs> yeah so they sort of they've opted Wait, let's just see what nick was doing otherwise yeah, I'll have uh, to edit nick, that nick, out. nick pulled out the exact point i said itch scratch he pulled out a back scratcher and scratched his mouth i think he's just probably highly suggestible is what it is yeah yeah, um, anyway, yeah so they, they they've optimized for a particular market um that will probably it probably changes and evolves and the 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 songs five years hence will sound quite different but they all the songs within that epoch sound the same hmm. um so that, that's quite interesting that uh, that's, mm. uh they're, two, they're two sort of conflicting psychological requirements there i think um 
just to widen it, um, well, since we're on the topic of influence, uh, obviously, um, and, it, and it's not unrelated to this, you know, it's kind of numbers of people watching versus uh, versus, you know, the, the way in which people are engaging and, and the extent to which people are liked versus heard and seen um, are, of course, social media influencers, mm. um, which are a fairly new thing that because I'm now uh, over the age of 35, uh, don't know anything about. So, you know, I was interested in it and I looked into it and actually um, there is um, there is a similar thing going on there, you know, a debate in the marketing community. So just mm. for people like Fraser, who looks baffled. So social media influencers are people with lots of followers. I work with them a lot. Of course you do. So you've got people who are very popular on things like Instagram and YouTube uh, who are essentially used as marketing vehicles um, by companies seeking to, you know, get lots of people to buy their things. Um and it's a whole world that I don't know anything about. And, and, the, and the idea is slightly repellent, if I'm honest, because the idea of being an influencer, um, as, though, as though it's the influencing that's important and not the thing you're doing. But even is, more is repellent yucky. is the idea of wanting to be an influencer. As yeah, well. and a lot of people do seem to yeah. want. It's like a job. Yeah, well, whereas, it is. whereas actually, you know, well, if you, look at, if you look at who influencers are, I mean, there's, there's sort of um, uh, various categorizations, but there's, there's, you've got celebrities who are known for being celebrities. Celebrities, how, where they come from and what they do is kind of fairly baffling anyway. But celebrities are, you know, they've existed since before influencers. Um, industry experts and thought leaders, well, they're, they, they're doing something. You know, they know about stuff presumably and so they're slightly more credible uh and then you've got bloggers and what's repulsively described as content creators i.e people who actually make things and do things and add value unlike marketing people um and then you've got these weird micro influencers who are kind of oh, sorry micro influencers who are kind of very, there's i was reading about one guy who's like basically the world expert on mattresses and all the mattress companies send him mattresses and you know so so um in terms of the the uh, kind of fields that they're in, it is a lot of it is fashion, beauty, fitness, right? Mm. And I I I wonder if that is explains quite a lot about uh, the apparent, let's say, vapidity of. I mean, they're things that are intrinsically quite vapid. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're to do with what you look like yeah what you're wearing i think it you know how, how and also all to, do, are. all to do with you it, yeah. yeah me now and i i don't yeah. i don't want to your revulsion to it but these are big industries oh yeah they're not they're, they're not they're unimportant huge. in terms of the amount of money that they generate yeah right but but it is interesting i mean now it's not quite but certainly on instagram like the top instagram influencers uh, and I know these will be household names for is you. Is it Kim Kardashian? I would would imagine is right. No, at the she's top. she's one of the top followed people, but she's not considered. But she's not considered an influencer. Well, no, I think in terms of like the money they get from sponsorship. Okay. Apparently, James Charles. Yeah, he's he's a trans. I think he's either transgender or transvestite. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, he's a beauty uh, guy. Kiara Faragni, fashion and beauty. Huda Katan, beauty. Oh yes. Nikki De Jaeger, beauty. Zach King. Well, he's the first person who's actually a personality. Um, but anyway, they're all people. I literally hadn't heard of any of them. But on YouTube, um, there there are um, basically people who are kind of personalities stroke wankers. So people like <laughs> Logan Paul and PewDiePie. And, um, but actually, a lot of them are uh, do actually do things. So there's a, a group called Dude Perfect who do these kind of 
sport related stunts which are quite you know they're watchable um and you've got uh several of these guys like uh dan tdm and jack septic who are games you know they they do kind of playthroughs and yeah entertain you with their personality while they're doing it so so there's a bit more if you like content on youtube than on instagram which is very focused on on you know the the sort of beauty and fashion side of things as you might expect but um what's our point with all this oh oh, well uh just that actually there is a a similar thing going on as with music and that actually the people who have the most followers aren't necessarily considered by marketing people to be the biggest influencers and aren't necessarily earning the most money so so yeah um uh but yeah it, it it's i felt very dirty doing the research on this because <laughs> i had to delve into articles called things like 15 of the top lifestyle bloggers you should follow in 2018 <laughs> and uh on crawl's top 20 content marketing influencers to follow on twitter and i found probably my least favorite sentence uh of the year which is um from something called the influencer marketing hub and it goes it is important to note that influencers are not simply marketing tools, but rather social relationship assets with which brands can collaborate to achieve their marketing objectives. Rancid. This is all very distressingly close to my day Anyway, job, apparently stuff, baby boomers, 55 and up, don't have a clue what influencers are. <laughs> uh, and the most engaged with, with, um, with influencers are sadly and i hate the fact that we pick on them it's sadly those those fa- our favorite topic millennials yeah. but i yeah i it's part, part of me is very sad that there isn't a kind of intrinsic or, or kind of ingrained um uh arch skepticism about about marketing you know mm. whereas i would think well if someone is being paid to tell me something switch them off never watch them again well that's yeah. kind but of the point of influencers. Influencers. Don't have that. on that along that line i saw an interesting uh uh, marketing review paper it wasn't it wasn't an academic paper but it was a sort of uh, white paper by an, uh, by a marketing company and they 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 were making the case that actually yes there isn't it's not as simple as in, influence equals a number of followers they were making the case that actually if your if your if your brand is about um if you're if you're trying to build a community around your brand so you, you want people to be actively sort of talking about your brand and refer you know talk about to each other about it and then you actually want the smaller influencers on the you want the people with a few hundred thousand viewers rather than millions of viewers because um there's a good cor- there's a good sort of if you plot the number of uh, comments and likes and shares by uh, by the number of viewers they have there's a bump around that point rather than at the top where um, so it's about the activity they can generate. Yeah, it's about the sort of activity around around their videos and things that they yeah. generate. So um, the people with, but as a proportion of the number of viewers, there are more likes and shares at the lower end than there are at the upper end. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and um, look really quickly because well, there's something of, fun I want to come on to. But go okay, on. no, it's just in terms of sort of um, like who follows what and, and why and stuff. Um, apparently about three quarters of people who follow any influencers follow lifestyle influencers i i wouldn't even know what that was but but 50 of them have considered buying something because an influencer has mentioned it which in my mind is very sad um but according to surveys what people look for is relevance to them well that makes sense but also authenticity and so this 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 means that there's all these ghastly articles about five tips for staying authentic as a social media influencer. <laughs> four way brands, four ways brands can be more authentic on social media. And you just imagine these marketing people sitting around and going, "How can we tap into the authenticity market?" You know. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, those things obviously do not go hand in hand. 
You know, you cannot be paid to endorse something and be authentic yeah. at the same time. It's just not possible. Yeah. I was also slightly surprised that I couldn't really get there didn't seem to be many proper academic studies on what the return on investment is for influencers versus more traditional marketing. Um, uh, I think there's a big gap in the market. There's lots of PhDs, rich, rich theme of PhDs to be had there, but examining, like, what, you know, how many, how per pound, what's the value I'm getting back for my brand of a different type, of different types for influencers versus. Um, uh, Additional other, other channels and yeah yeah and there was, there was lots and then there were lots lots of surveys saying oh this we surveyed a hundred marketing companies and ten of them you know most of them said that they think influencers are really good but then there are surveys saying the other saying the opposite yeah okay. well I mean I think it's a bit of a commonplace that you no one really knows if marketing works mm. or which forms it's just everyone does it and if everyone else is doing it you don't want to be the guy who isn't doing it which mm. is weird but, but uh, in theory one of the elements of a good marketing plan is that it should be measurable as well your results should be measurable but anyway that's just all too depressing that stuff okay I want to bring it onto something to make us feel positive I actually want to yeah. talk about something negative actually good great and I want to bring it back to music um, one of the things we were talking about was um, um, not just being popular but just being um, a credible artist or, or valued okay and I was thinking actually of, of some of the bands or individuals who are widely considered to be um, what's the word I'm looking for a, a sort of good quality or um, proper artists in, in music who I personally don't get, right. or, or just I just don't understand it. And I've got four straight off the bat, okay? okay? And I wanted to ask you who yours might be, okay? So my top one, who people rave about and are obsessed with, but I just don't understand the whole thing, Kate Bush, okay? Who effectively okay. Right. generated her whole, a, a, a genre of her own, really. Hmm. And, and, I'm not, and I'm not having a moan about her. I'm sure she's great and a wonderful, you know, but I just do not get yeah, the whole thing. No, I, I quite like some of Kate Bush's right. stuff. Uh, it, is, it is peculiar. Yeah. Um, like Pi, uh, where she just sings the figures of Pi. Okay. But it's sort of, it's fun. It, I, I found it accessible because it made me kind of chuckle. And okay. Then I, but then I started to appreciate it musically. Okay. Shall I give you my other three? Go ahead. Okay. So number two, people rave about this person. And... I kind of like them sometimes. Prince. Okay, Prince. Um, I just don't get what all the fuss is about. A, a band that we mentioned earlier on, who I just just despair, I just do not like them at all, The Smiths. Okay? Yeah. It's just so fucking miserable. Okay? And if you're from a, a very small part of Manchester, yeah, you might be really into them. Or in Salford, I guess. But I just, no, it just, all every bloody song sounds the same. Same with Morrissey himself. It just all sounds the same. It's just, you know, one or two songs, fine. And then probably the fourth one, um, Barbara Streisand, who I think you also mentioned. Throw her down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was saying to my wife, what is it about Barbara Streisand? Why is she acknowledged as this musical genius? And, you know, and her voice, it, I just, no. It, 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 it baffles me. Yeah. Barbara <laughs> Streisand, I don't, under, I mean... Yeah, because I'm not criticising her because she's a good singer. I mean, mm. she's great. She's a very good musician. I don't get the devotion and it's, the... It's, yeah. the, it's the disparity between the, the apparent... Like, we're supposed to regard her as some kind of goddess. Mm. And she's just an okay singer. Like, yeah. calm down, guys. So those are my four. Um, what was the first one I said? But Kate Bush. She's probably yeah. by far away out of all of them. I just do not get it. Um, yeah, well, guys, what about you? Well, uh, I, oh, sorry, Peter. Well, I... I, I, I Beatles... Okay. <gasps> oh 
God. They've what? One or two good songs. No. no. But I think I think the fact that Peter isn't. Um, um, I'm not a musician. No. So well, you do play the clarinet, but I, I, but anyway, like I'll you, defend them in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Morrissey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Morris, but lighten up, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Elvis Presley. <sighs> so I love Elvis. again, one or two good songs, but don't get it as a thing. I certainly don't get all the tribute acts and the kind of mass re- pseudo religious following that, that he has. I, um, I nearly cried at his graveyard at, at his at his graveside. Graveside. Thank you. Yeah. Graveside. Right. Um, I'm struggling to find a fourth. Oh, no, no, I, I, yeah. I was just looking for one, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, so those, those, those sort of three, they, they're, and they're, yeah, everyone raves about them, but yeah. I just, yeah. They leave you cold. I mean, I, I'm not a huge music listener, yeah. really. I wanted to be when I was a teenager, because everybody else also wanted to be, but never really got it. Okay. I like okay. music, but yeah. Okay, good. Yep, Nick? I'll just put in a word for the Beatles because um, I think in some way they're, they're, they're slightly obviously cursed by their, uh, by their popularity and by, the, by how good they were at producing really, really listenable to songs, which could make the casual listener think that they were just a good pop act, right? And it masks the fact that um, they were completely revolutionary in terms of what they did, like uh, from a musical point of view, the structure of their song. This is the indicator, right? There's almost any pop act I can play by ear on the piano. The Beatles, you can't, right? You, it's they just so easy to listen to that you might think, well, this is this is going to be easy to just sort of improvise along to this, and it's impossible with the Beatles. You have to stop and work out where all the chords are going because it's you know they're so well, uh, they're they're just really really interesting, you know, in terms of the the kinds of things that you don't even notice so like the shift in there's a one tone shift uh in between the verse and the chorus on penny lane for example which is completely invisible uh until you're playing along to it and suddenly you're out of key Mm. they are absolutely brilliant and they absolutely deserve to be considered the the most important uh pop band of all time um uh but yeah i mean in terms of people i don't really get are there's a whole swathe of people from the sort of late 80s early 90s and and actually sort of mid to early 80s um who are certainly my generation are supposed to be the things that you're really into top of them stone roses i i i I just don't get it at all they do nothing for me at all it's just like listening to a to a dreary drone there's one amazing song they did right apart from that and then we've got monday and then then we've also got uh jeff jeff buckley i don't i don't get it massive people is he the blues guy about no he's he's, he's tim buckley i love tim buckley i love his dad but he was the guy who did uh, i think jeff buckley did uh he, he was with the was it the um the bad seat no Oh, I can't remember. Okay, I say I don't know enough about it. But uh, then there's um, J- Joy Division as well. Now I love that one song, "Love Will Tear Us Apart." But I've got uh, I've got a box set of Joy Division, and and I discovered having listened to nearly all of it that I just didn't like any, <laughs> like nearly any of it. But I do recognise why people love them. And the the other major genre, uh, which, and a lot of people I have a lot of respect for, who've told me how to get into it is hip hop. I mean, I and you know, I've been given seminal hip hop albums by people who I I know are you know have musically respectable um, uh, opinions, and I've tried, I've really tried, and I just cannot. Get, it just does nothing for me whatsoever. I don't understand it mm. at all. So yeah, that there you go. Okay, I think yeah, I think hip hop lost its way. I like. I mean, I I kind of like 
old school hip hop. What do you mean? Back We're in the day, about, so Jurassic D- Five, the Furious Five, the Mel- DJ Melly Mel, uh, African Bambata, and no, tribe, no. tribe called Quest. Well, the early nineties. Yeah, that sort of sort of NWA yeah, kind of era. Yeah, and uh, Jurassic Enemy. Five would be a seminal album for me. Um, so, but yeah, I just yeah, kind of the more serious end stuff. Yeah, not, mm. not no, don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Interesting. Appalls yeah. to any hip hop fans out there. Yeah. Okay. Educators, let us let us know. Yeah. How, yeah. How. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll finish there. Um, thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew, and we've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Alif Insights. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>